0: Millions of people are going hungry across the UK right now. Food banks are doing everything they can, but they need more help. Join Banquet's mission to tackle food poverty and get food banks across the UK what they need. One simple donation can make a huge difference to a family in poverty. To donate now, just go to www.spectator.co.uk forward slash donate. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and life. My name is Freddie Gray. I'm the deputy editor of the Spectator. I am delighted to be joined here in London at the Spectator office by Jacob Halbrin, who is the most frequent contributor to the Americano podcast, but I don't think we've ever done it. Actually, we have. We've done it in person in America. But anyway, first time we've done it in London. So welcome, Jacob. Thank you, Freddie. Very good to have you here. And we're going to start by talking about Joe Biden and what the midterm results mean for him and his future. Because yesterday I had Daniel McCarthy, who you know well, on the podcast, and we talked about Donald Trump and what his candidacy for 2024 means. But let's start with Biden and say, well, let me put it to you, that Joe Biden now has a spring in his step, apparently, because of excellent midterm results. My instinctive thought about that is that the Democrats may be getting a little bit overconfident about Biden's appeal to the electorate. Do you disagree? I do
1: in the sense that I think Biden does have wind in his sails. The midterms, one way or another, were a referendum, not just on the Democratic Party, but also on him. And the scale of the Democratic victories was entirely unanticipated by much of the commentariat. The Republicans are reeling and knifing each other in the back right now. And Biden may well prosper from the fact that the Republicans have only narrow control over the House of Representatives, because that means he now has a foil to blame things on when no legislation has passed for the next year, next two years. And when the Republicans will probably run amok as they are intent not on legislating, but on investigating. So I'm not saying that I've never maintained that Biden is incredibly eloquent or some kind of strategic genius, but I think he does have a good sense for where the middle of the American electorate is. He tries to hew to that center. And I think the election has positioned him well for the 2024 election.
0: Is it often the case that Biden is underestimated because he seems to be doddery? I mean, people talked a lot about how Trump sort of pretended to be an idiot but was actually this genius operating all the time. I think that's not true. But also people, sort of the small club of Biden fans that there is out there, they like to think that everybody thinks he's this doddering idiot but actually he's got a brilliant plan behind it. I don't think that's true either, but it's certainly true that his team or his White House is quite smart at politics. And one thing I point to is the student debt forgiveness thing, which in a way is an easy way of getting votes. You're basically bribing young people to vote. But it worked and it was well timed. That
1: was a very sound move. And I wouldn't be surprised over the next two years if he tries to extend that student debt program, which really does hit the middle class of America very hard because we have this cockamamie scheme by which the students exit college loaded with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So yes, that's a winner for Biden. Is Biden a strategic genius? No. But he does, again, have that instinct for the middle. And I think that he is going to do well over the next two years. Inflation is starting to come down. If the economy recovers over the next two years, I think
0: Biden could open up an insurmountable lead over any Republican challenger. Well, I suppose sort of sound monetarists would say that Biden's economics are crazy, they're dangerous, he's running up enormous debt, he stimulated an economy that was actually booming, causing this inflationary spike. But because he is President of America and the American economy is the dominant economy in the world still, he gets away with it. The dollar has been strengthening against the pound, whereas someone like Liz Truss in Britain, she tried some sort of, if you like, reckless growth economics, And the markets punished her very, very fiercely. Whereas Joe Biden can pretty much get away with anything, can he not? I don't know that he can
1: get away with anything because the Federal Reserve has been consistently hiking interest rates. That's one reason that the dollar has strengthened. But the other is that the United States is seen as a sound haven for investment and for funds. So yes, the capital inflows in the United States are quite amazing and a testament to the confidence, ultimately, that people have in the United
0: States. And I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but the war in Ukraine has helped the American energy sector, which is a huge sector. Uh, you have huge inflows of capital now because of America's energy abundance.
1: It also helps our arms manufacturers. I mean, it, yeah. it is a kind of military Keynesianism. Yeah. That is what the United States has practiced. I mean, we have a whopping military budget. And in Congress, it's, it's quite fascinating to observe both Democrats and Republicans now staunchly back increased defense spending because in their districts, you have all these ma-
0: manufacturers. I mean, it's all been spread out across the country. So is there an extent to which it doesn't really matter whether Biden's a good president or not, it doesn't really matter whether he's compus or not? The deep state, if you like, the arms manufacturers, the, the CIA... They can control America's role in the world, and it doesn't really matter what happens to the president.
1: Well, if you look at Biden's extemporaneous remarks, I think it's hard to say that he's not compass mentis. I mean, we've had—he reminds me a little bit of, you know, Ronald Reagan was underestimated and mocked by the press too. He was portrayed as someone who fell asleep in cabinet meetings, who couldn't, who often fumbled his sentences. Eisenhower did it deliberately. He, he was called the hidden hand presidency. Mm. So I don't see. I think Biden, you you get what you see. I don't detect a diminution. He's always been subject to malapropisms. And of Mm. course, George W. Bush was as well.
0: Yes. I mean, I've heard people say that as his brain has got slower, uh, his speech has got slightly better. (laughs) Well. Because he doesn't make the mistakes as quickly. Well, I'm not a judge on that. I just don't. I think there's been
1: a physical decline in Biden. For all you're talk about a spring and a step, I would say more wind in the sails. I mean, it's not as though the man, his gait is clearly stiff. I mean, he's an elderly man. It's also interesting to me, why is being old? Why is that automatic cause for disparagement? It used to be that we would praise the wisdom of the elders. Now
0: it's become a term of obloquy. I don't think that's true. I mean, I think, yes, it's, you know, it's this Republican talking point that he's senile and so on. But... Young people don't win elections. Young people in American politics who, who rise up are seen as sort of slick and suspicious. And so you, you end up with this ridiculous gerontocracy in America where you know, all the most powerful people in politics are absurdly old. It is a problem. I mean, I, I do think you need a youth movement in in
1: Congress, too, if you look at the democratic leadership. It does look like the East German gerontocracy in <laughs> 1988, 1989. And I don't quite understand why that's happened. But uh, there is a youth movement in both parties and in the Republican Party as well. I think actually what you're seeing with the backlash against Trump right now is this younger generation of Republican governors, Glenn Youngkin, Mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis. They want to topple the old order, the revolt against Mitch McConnell. All
0: of them are old. Well, let's talk about Biden 2024. I don't want to put pressure on you to make a prediction, but I'm going to. What percentage chance do you think it is that he runs in 2024? I would say 99%. Ninety nine Look,
1: he spent his entire life craving to become president. He served Barack Obama as vice president. Why would he give it up now when he's accomplished his life's dream? You see it with Trump, too. There's a lust for it, certainly in Trump's case, a lust for power. I think in Biden's case, he thinks that he can
0: outstrip his predecessors he may become a more consequential president than Barack Obama. Well, there's a conspiracy theory, and I think it largely comes out of Republican circles, more than Democratic circles, that the so-called hot streak that he enjoyed over the summer, which has now been vindicated to a certain extent by the midterms, that was an attempt from Biden's inner circle to reassure him that he was doing a great job so that when it comes to pushing him to stand down, he doesn't think, I've been a failure president. He can say, in a year's time, I've done a good job. I've been a good placeholder president, which is what he did refer to himself as once. I've been a good placeholder president. My legacy is secure. I can move aside. The problem with that theory is that he ran the first time to defeat Donald Trump. And he believes and
1: and says himself that he is the best person to defeat Donald Trump again. And that may well be true because Biden is able to appeal to the Midwest electorate.
0: Yes. What did he say? Don't compare me to the Almighty, compare me to the Alternative. Right.
1: I mean, who else is going to run? Gavin Newsom from California? That's going to be tricky. Kamala Harris has not prospered as vice president. It's very unclear that there's a
0: Democratic bench that could successfully supplant Biden. It is staggering, is it not? We've already touched on this, how weak that Democratic bench is. Because, I mean, who are the other alternatives? Pete Buttigieg? Everybody knows that his last campaign, he didn't appeal to African-Americans. Can you have a Democratic candidate who doesn't appeal to African-Americans? Why are there no more better Democratic candidates? Well,
1: the one that might actually have a shot would be someone like Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, where the Democrats flipped both state houses. But someone like Buttigieg has not really been battle-tested. Being a governor and a senator, Buttigieg has been neither. I think it's going to be a Democratic governor.
0: Well, Whitmer is an interesting contrast with DeSantis because she was very much a COVID hawk governor, whereas DeSantis was a open up as soon as possible governor. And they both won big. Whitmer was in the polls suggested it would be close for her, but it wasn't in the end. She is very much the alternative vision of America to the dissentist vision of America, she know. That's right. I think it would actually be better for the United States as a society to have the
1: two of them face off than in a rematch of Trump and Biden. It's just going to be more of the same. We are stuck in this culture war morass with two elderly candidates, let's face it. Neither of them is all that appealing mm. to the to the United States population, but I can guarantee you that Trump
0: is a lot less appealing than Biden. Yes, that's been the upshot of the, the sort of the intelligent analysis of these midterm results, I think, has been that it's best seen as the repudiation of both parties, that the American public isn't really happy with one or the other. So it's, it's settled on stability or stasis. I mean, it's rarely gung ho about
1: either party. Reagan was very popular as president. George W. Bush, before in the run up to the Iraq war, he was quite popular. But those days appear
0: to be gone. The society seems to be much more split today. Let's say Joe Biden is the nominee for re-election in 2024. Let's assume that he faces Ron DeSantis, first of all. A Biden versus DeSantis matchup, who do you think wins that? That's definitely a tougher matchup for Biden
1: because he would be faced with a much more youthful candidate and the disparity would be underscored. He would have to hammer away to... Depict DeSantis as a clone of Trump, or even Trump 2.0, an even worse version politically, not not in personality. But it would be
0: it would be tough sledding. It's interesting that because I mean I watched uh, CNN on election night, and the way they talked about DeSantis was with a certain amount of reverence. And this is somebody who politically is you could argue to the right of Trump. How quickly will the Democrats be able to go from saying? Trump is the, the, the embodiment of all evil to saying Ron DeSantis is the embodiment of all evil?
1: 24 hours. <laughs> this is American politics.
0: And what will, they, what will they pick on in particular? I think
1: his COVID policies and his attempts what, the to, to strip voters of, the, of eligibility. There's always a lot to pick through. But again, I think he's a much more agile candidate than Trump. And he would he would package himself as a breath of fresh air. It's interesting. I mean, the, the media is craving something fresh. People think the media is right left divided, but in part it just wants a new story. And yes. Trump is an is old and moth eaten at this point.
0: Yes, as I think Matt Drudge, the Drudge Report, realized, the Trump traffic has been diminishing. It doesn't quite get the clicks that it did for. Several years now. But let's not underestimate Trump.
1: I mean, he is a PR branding genius. I mean, the interesting thing isn't that he appears
0: to be flaming out, but that he ever
1: got as far as he did. It's an incredible story.
0: Well, I think the most interesting part of his speech on Tuesday night was where he said, Americans haven't felt the pain yet of Bidenomics, essentially. He was saying that they will start to feel it in the next two years. And that is quite a safe bet in a way. I mean, it seems likely. experts seem to think America is heading into a recession. Biden can keep bribing off parts of the electorate if he likes, but he's going to have to face the fact that households are going to start really suffering at some point. And then Trump starts to become an attractive candidate again. A severe economic downturn would probably
1: ensure that a Republican wins. But I'm not convinced that it's going to occur.
0: But the worst may already be behind us. On that optimistic note, I think we'll end it there. Jacob, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you very much for listening to that episode of Americano. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, please leave us a star rating, preferably five stars, and a review.